So Father, this morning we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for revealing to us the things we need to know about Him. And we bless your holy name this morning. Bless everyone who is here that they may receive your word. And that it may become spirit and life to them. And that they might be changed in the inner man. And come to know the love of God, the height, the length, the depth and the breadth. And become those that you are calling them to become. The children of God. And we bless this church and bless your holy name. Amen and Amen. This Bible that I have in my hand is the Word of God written down for you and for me. Amen? Written down for us. It's an incredible act of God that He wants to give us something that is written that we might be able to understand the Word and come closer to Him because of the Word. But this Word, this Bible that's written down is also the living word. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot eat this Bible. Right? You cannot eat the pages of this Bible and receive the living sub substance of the word. But we can read it. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what is written in it. And then it becomes spirit and life. Hallelujah. So that's why God wrote this word down. So that we could ingest it into our beings, into our spirit beings. And then it would become spirit and life. Hallelujah. Spirit and life. You know, when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days fasting, the devil came to him and said, tempted him and said, why don't you make bread and eat? And Jesus replied him by saying, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so that is the same answer to us in our situations in life. Because we need to understand that Christ is the bread of life. Amen? He is the answer to our problems. He is the solution to everything that you and I go through in this earth. For whatever reason it comes to us, God's answer to us is the Word of God. That is the name of Jesus, the Son of God. He is the answer. Now it is written down for us, but being written down for us doesn't mean very much till the Holy Spirit makes it spirit and life. So we can read this Bible from morning till evening, we can go to Bible studies, we can do church, we can do all of those things. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal the Word to us, we won't know what the Word is actually telling us. We can create theology, we can create doctrine, we can create all manners of things that we are comfortable with and say this is what the Bible is saying. But Without the Holy Spirit telling you what the Word is actually saying. Because Jesus said, I go to my Father and I ask for another comforter. And He will come and He will teach you of the things that I have spoken about. Amen? He won't speak of Himself. But He will speak of the things that I have spoken about. So every word that is written down here from Genesis to Revelation is what has come through Jesus to people who have written it down for us to understand. 
You see, the devil's a fool. He was telling Jesus to make bread and eat. But Jesus is the bread of life. Right? He said to the Jews when they said to him, you know, Moses gave us bread, uh, manna from heaven. And uh, Jesus said, no, he did not give you the true manna. So I got a shock when I read that. Because I said, Lord, what are you saying? Is that like you're giving something false or temporary or what? What is going on here? And, and the Lord said, no, I only gave you something to carry you through the desert in a physical form. But I have given you the word, Jesus, to carry you through in life and into eternity forever because he is spirit and life. So the real manner is not anything to do with the material things of this world. And no matter how much you get blessed with the material things of this world, that's not what God is talking about. And that's not why we praise and worship God. That's not why we want to know Him or love Him. We want to know Him because these words are spirit and life. They are the ones that will Reveal to us what God has purposed in creating us, in making us, and who we are. And identity comes through the word, and authority comes through the word. And then you will know how to function in this world as you are called. Hallelujah. You believe that every one of us has a destiny. Amen? Every one of us, I don't care who we are, what color we are, what country we came from, whether we are rich, fat, thin, ugly, good looking, it doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. What matters is what God has put into your spirit. You are purposefully made. You are purposefully made. You have a function. Right? There's a reason for you being here. You're not an accident. So, God wants to reveal that to you. And He wants to reveal it through His Son, Jesus. So today, I want to talk to you about a subject that is extremely important in the Bible. And so, if you have your Bibles with you, please come with me to the book of Matthew chapter 16. The subject today is revelation. Revelation. Okay? The revelation of God. Matthew chapter 16. What does Revelation do? Revelation is the life's blood of a Christian. Let me say that to you again. Revelation is the life's blood of a Christian. Without Revelation, a Christian can be attached to the vine, but he will die on the vine. Okay? The vine is Jesus. You can come to church, you can praise God, you can worship God, you can play music, you can save souls, you can do all those things. But without revelation, without understanding, you will not know what life is actually coming from Jesus into you and who Jesus is. So today the world is confused. Who is Jesus? Why do I have to worship Him? What's so important about Him? He's a figurehead. He's, he's somebody who came 2,000 years ago. Some people don't even believe He exists. Right? Some people think he is a Hindu, that he did yoga and he went to the cross. And that he is, no, he died in the Himalayas. 
Right? I've got all sorts of concepts about who Jesus is. So we're going to pick up a passage in Matthew chapter 16 that the same problem existed in those days. So let's have a look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 onwards. So when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some said that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who say that you say, Who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. What a revelation. Peter got that day. It came from heaven. The manna of revelation came from heaven into his spirit. And he said, no, you're not John the Baptist. You're not Elijah. You're not just a man. You are the son. You are the Christ. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. He got a revelation. Wow. And that's what you and I need. More so. Every day. You know, I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And I was going mad. At the age of 34. I started when I was 15 years old. In school. 34 years of age, I was in Sydney, in Meadowbank. My father had gone to visit my brother in France. My father was dying of cancer. So he said, let me go and see my eldest son. So he went. I was a drug addict and alcoholic. I was going mad. I had a good job, a car, had a wife, had everything. Money in the bank, no problem. But inside of me, I was empty. All my life, I had gone to church. My mother and father belonged to the Methodist church. So from a small boy, I've always been going to church. I knew about church. I knew who Jesus is. You couldn't tell me that Buddha or Allah or somebody else was God. I knew Jesus was God. But I did not know him. I knew about him. I was convinced about him. But I did not know him. That night, my bedroom wall disappeared. Two o'clock in the morning. I was lying in bed. My entire wall disappeared. Only the roof and the two side walls and the floor. And I can see myself sleeping on the bed. And Jesus was standing in the sky, dressed in a white cassock, no shoes. He was floating in the air, long hair, very handsome. And he looked at me. But he was, his look was very angry. As soon as I saw Jesus, I knew my biological father died. Died. I knew that instantly. I don't know how. Don't ask me. I don't know. I just knew and he was looking at me angrily and he said, without speaking, what are you going to do now? I turned to look at my clock. I turned back. My bedroom wall is back. Jesus is gone. 
Next morning, I got a phone call from France. My brother called me. He said, Dad, it's gone. I said, what time? He said, the time in France. I looked at the difference between time between France and Australia, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning. I still did not give my life to the Lord. I still did not give my life to the Lord because I was hooked into drugs. I wanted to. I only wanted to go to Christ. I've been trying for a long time, but I could not go. You see, when revelation comes to anybody, no matter who it is, no matter what stage of Christianity you are in, if revelation comes to you, vision, dreams, whatever it is, whichever way it comes, you need faith to activate that revelation, to bring it to pass. You cannot just simply say, I had a vision, I had a dream, and so on and so forth, and therefore, you know, I'm okay. No, you're not okay. Why Jesus gives revelation is to draw you to himself. And then he makes you go to the scriptures and he makes you work hard to discover what he has written about himself. And you need the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. You see, you can read a book, you can have a video and watch somebody preach a good message. You can watch many miracles, signs and wonders, but it won't touch you, it won't mean anything to you. You say, oh yeah, that was a good message. But till Christ comes by the revelation of the Father through the Holy Spirit, these words can mean nothing to you. Church can become a format. It's a place to come because you have fellowship. You have friends. You have family who think in the same way. But you do not understand the purpose. You do not understand who you are in the scheme of God's plan for the universe. And why he chose you. Your destiny. And that's why many, many, many so-called Christians and Christians spend their time trying to fix their problems. Instead of looking to Jesus and saying, I surrender, Lord. I don't know how to fix this problem. You are the solution of God to me. So help me. And then he says, okay, surrender. You can know about God. You can go to church. You can lift your hands. You can do all of those things. But Jesus wants you to know Him. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants you to worship Him. He wants you to love Him. He wants you to walk in a way that you are not participating in the world, but you are participating with Him in the spiritual realm. <coughs> and it's all about the spiritual realm. It's not about this earth. You know what the Word says? Heaven and earth will pass away. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for heaven and earth to pass away? He said, but my word will never pass away. 
Who's the Word? Jesus is the Word. The Word of God. I have given you Jesus. He is your Lord. He is your God. He is your Savior. He is the one who can bring you to me. And then you begin to understand, hang on, there is something about this word. There is something, why this word is written down. Why this word needs to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit. And then you start pressing in as you read. You spend time with God. And you pray and you say, God, teach me. What is this word? What does it mean to me? And how can it benefit me? And he says, I'm glad you asked. Because I'm going to tell you, it is a seed. The word is a seed. You know when Abraham had uh, Hagar's uh, child, Ishmael, and he had Isaac, Sarah's child. The Lord said to Abraham, it's not from Hagar's child that I will bring the seed. I will bring from Isaac, from Sarah's child, because that's the chosen one. And he is the seed that I have put in your loins, that Sarah may bear a child called Isaac. And from Isaac will come Jacob. And from Jacob will come the twelve tribes of Israel. And from Israel will come the seed of God, the word of God. His name is Jesus. So, wow. And then he will make himself known not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. That's you and me. That means he's going to include everybody. He doesn't care what your background is. He doesn't care whether you have sinned so badly, whether you've murdered, whether you've done this or whether you've done that. But if you come to him, if you come to him and you say honestly, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent, I need to receive you as my Lord and Savior, it starts. Your journey starts. Your eternal journey starts and then it becomes a seed inside of you. So people ask you, hang on a second, what's wrong with you? You were, you were doing drugs, you were having parties, you were having fun. Today you are now become holier than thou, you are going to church. <laughs> huh? Say, hey, because I, got, I found, I got a revelation. I got a revelation about what life really means. He says, oh, you don't do parties and you don't do sex and you don't do drugs and alcohol. No, I don't do those things. Because it does not please God anymore. Because now the word, the seed of God is working in me to reveal Christ in me. Christ is living in us. The moment you receive him, he comes and lives in us. You cannot defile the body, the temple of the living God. By living together or killing or murdering or raping or fornicating or doing any of those things. That does not belong to the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And we have to understand why God is calling us. He said, I put a seed. I put a seed in your heart. Say, God... Why did you put a seed in my heart? Because I chose you. Come with me to John chapter 12.
Jesus is talking about himself here. John chapter 12 verse 24. Verily, verily, that means truthfully, truthfully. I say to you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Wow. Have you ever tried to plant a mango seed or a fruit seed in the ground? You know, if you if you know a little bit about horticulture, it means that when you put a seed in the ground and you water the ground and you look after the ground, the seed must die. Only from that death comes the life of that particular seed. So if you put a mango seed in the ground, that mango seed must die and then only the mango tree will come up. And as the mango tree grows and becomes bigger, right, after some time, I believe it takes five years for mangoes to appear on a mango tree, then mangoes start to come out. And then you say, oh, that's a mango tree. Right? And you know exactly what that fruit is. And you know the taste of the fruit. So like that, God, when he puts a seed in you, he calls you for a purpose. He calls you for a purpose. Not everybody is a mango tree. Not everybody is a banana tree. Not everybody is a whatever. We're all different. We all come from different countries. We have different cultures. We have God as a plan. So when God called me, with that revelation of himself, ten years later, Ten years later, he tells me, give up your business and follow me. <coughs> See, now, the seed that was put in me in 1987, in 19 whatever, he says, now follow me. Ten years later. I said, what, what do you mean? Give up my business and hundred thousand dollars and all this other stuff and follow you because you're not even talking about salary or money or any of those things, how I'm going to live. You're just saying leave and come. He said, what part of go don't you understand? G O O. You see, this is where faith comes in. That's why I said, you can have revelation, but if you don't have faith with revelation, you cannot do anything about the revelation. So many people have had encounters with Jesus. They have met him. They have had vision. I had a Muslim friend. Twice Jesus appeared to him. Took him up the mountain and talked to him. And he said, no, no, no. You're not real. I said to my friend, you're crazy, man. People will die to meet Jesus like this. And I said, how do you know he's Jesus? He said, what is a silly question you're asking me? See, he knew. But he denied Christ because he was a Muslim. He was a do- he had a doctrine in his theology, in his mind. He wanted to know God. When God appeared to him, he didn't want to know God. Because he knew he had to give up himself. His pride had to die. A seed has to die. Your pride has to die. Your job has to die. Your wife has to die. Your child has to die. You see, we have made everything else our God 
except Jesus. And we think Jesus is there to bless our gods, which are wife, family, job, money, car, those are the things. When Jesus appeared to me, why do you know why he was so angry? Because for many years he was calling me and I wasn't going. And he said, your father, your biological father, is your God. You know, there was nobody between me and my father. I love my father so much. There was nobody between me and my father in my spirit. I, even I didn't know I loved him so much. And Jesus said, I will have no one between you and me. No one. Not even you. Not even you yourself. That's why you have to die. So Jesus, when he had to die, he he went to the cross and how many fruit did he produce? Except the seed died. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about himself. He's saying, I am the seed of God. If I don't die, you won't be saved. So because I died and because Jesus said, leave your job and follow me, how many hundreds, thousands of people got blessed around the world? I've been to 16 countries, leaving my job and my everything else, living out of a suitcase, no salary, no income, no support, and no asking anybody any money because Jesus said, I will be your provider. Amen. So faith, to believe his words, it didn't come automatically. But I've seen money fall out of the sky. I've seen appear, money appear in my Bible. I've had people give me $20,000 checks without me asking. Because he said I'm your provider. So I, when I need I go to God and I say, God, you said you're my provider, you have to give me, I don't have any money. I need a car, I need a laptop computer, I need to go to this country, I need to buy an airline ticket. He says, sure. So I write them a bill. I sit down at my table, at my table and I write out a bill and I say, three months journey is going to cost me $6,000. I need $6,000. It will come before or it will come after. But faith in the word of God. So there's a discipline. It's not just having a revelation. It's not just having an encounter. It is taking this word and disciplining, eating it. You have to eat my body and you have to drink my blood. That is the end. Right. You don't do that? Oh, I'm too busy. Ah, I've got to go to work. I've got to drive 45 minutes to work. I have no time for you, God. So five minutes while you're eating your toast in the morning. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. That's not the way. You've got to spend time. You gotta spend time. You know, today everybody talking about Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Nothing about Jesus, about loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus, obeying Jesus, and walking with Jesus. And you'll soon find out how difficult it is to walk with Him if you are not listening to Him. Because the trials and the tribulations that come to our faith. 
Why did Peter say in 1 Peter 1.7 The trials of your faith produces something more precious than gold. Right? You know how many people I'm counseling all the time from around the world. They ring me. Pastor, my wife is leaving me. Pastor, I got cancer. Pastor, I got COVID. Pastor, this person is dying for some other disease. Pastor, I have no money. Can you send me money? All the time. All the time. Every day. What solution am I going to give them? I'm not uh, Jesus Christ. I'm not a worker of magic. So I have to give them the word. That's the only thing I can give them. Is the word. And if they receive the word. They get fixed. Either immediately or later. They get fixed. Because they receive the word. But for them to receive the word. I must know the word that I am supposed to give them. And for that I must depend on the Holy Spirit. For that I should have trained myself. I should have sat under the tutorage of the Holy Spirit by reading the Bible, praying, spending time with God. Jesus, you know, said to Peter when he was walking on the shores of Galilee, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. A self-made man will never achieve anything in life. You can be a build Trump Towers, you can build the Eiffel Tower, you can build any tower you want, you can have millions and billions and then say, I'm a self-made man, see what I made. You can build a big church, have 10,000 people and say, see what I made. 10,000 strong people for, for Jesus. Jesus said, I don't know about all that. Your heart is not true before me. So, but Lord, I built a church for you. 10,000 people. Miracles happened. People got saved. Not interested. Because you did not walk with me, nor did you understand my ways, nor did you ask me. Say, God, what are you talking about? A self-made man is not okay in the sight of God. A man-made man is not okay in the sight of God. I can ordain somebody for ministry, but it doesn't mean God is ordained them for ministry. Amen? You need to have God speak to you because He knows you. He understands you. He knows your very thought. And just like you have a nose and a mouth and ears and eyes, God has that too. And He can speak to you. You can hear His voice. You are built to hear his voice. How else can someone leave their job and follow Jesus? How else can Peter leave his fishing and follow Jesus? Because he said, my sheep shall hear my voice. They will not listen to another stranger. They will hear my voice. So the purpose of the seed is to bring in the revelation of God. Give you a purpose in life. A calling and a destiny. You know, before Jesus was born on this earth, Angel Gabriel came from heaven and visited Mary. 
a young lady in Israel in those days and said to her, you are beloved. You have been chosen by God to bear the Son of God in your womb. And she said, impossible. How is it possible? I'm not, I don't even know a man. How will I get pregnant? And he said, the Holy Spirit will come into you and what is born of you will be of the Spirit of God. That's what Jesus wants for you and me. Is to be born of the Spirit. So, what is this born again? Born again, everybody's talking about born again. What is this born again? Nicodemus said, what is born again? Can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. But before he said that, he said, you must be born again. And he said, you can see the kingdom of God. You know, today many people, they can see the kingdom of God. They can see it. That is in John 3.3. In John 3.5, he says, but you must be born of the water and of the spirit to enter in the kingdom of God. Oh, what is that, Lord? Water in the word, in the Bible means word. Spirit in the Bible means spirit. You must be born of the water, the word of God, and the spirit of God. So every time you need a solution, every time you need a perfect breakthrough in your life, no matter if it is material or spiritual, you need the word of God. And the spirit of God must reveal it to you. You know, one day the Lord said to me, Noble, you see that lady? I want you to become her friend. She was beaten by her husband. He used to take the iron and hit her. The iron, you know the iron, the iron. He used to hit her like that. And she was damaged badly in her life. She couldn't stay in church, too many churches, because she found it difficult. So she was coming to the church where I was attending. And the Lord said, you see that lady? I want you to become a friend of us. I said, Lord, I'm a single man. I have to be careful. Because I don't want to get caught in any traps. And she even offered me a house, a room in her house. She was a rich woman. Very rich. I said, no, I can't come and stay in your house, but I will be a a friend to you. Just a friend. I'll guide you, counsel you, teach you, that sort of thing. She didn't need teaching as such, but she needed a friend. She had a problem, she needed a friend. She didn't have a friend. Because people only wanted to take advantage of her. You know, that lady... She became my Shunammite woman. I used to get so much money from her. I never asked her. I never asked her. She used to, because I was living by faith. So whenever I needed money, God would speak to her and she would give me the money. Now I didn't know something was wrong with her. That she had cancer. And many years later when I left that place, she died. 
But why am I saying this to you? Because in any solution to life, whether it is relationship, whether it's family, whether it's money, whether it's whatever you need, a job, or any of those things, you need the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do. And when he tells you what to do, like Pastor said, when he gets a vision, he doesn't drop the ball. Why? Because he knows it's the vision of God. Why should he drop the ball? Because the temptations come. The attacks of the enemy come. Everything comes to take that vision, that seed. That is the seed. When God put it in your heart, the devil comes to take it. Otherwise, he'll put some other seed there. So both will grow together and he'll cause confusion in your life. But this is the pure word of God that is given to us and by the Holy Spirit as he reveals to us we will know more. The world has lost its way. Don't bother with the world. It has lost reason. It is in confusion. All manners of evil, sickness, disease, death, disasters, all problems that are going on now are going to increase by the hundredfold. The only thing that's going to last is the word. They have lost reason. So God said in Isaiah, before he was going to tell him, I'm sending you a son born of a virgin. He said to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 1, he said, come, let us reason together. I'm going to bring reason back to you. I'm going to bring back knowledge. I'm going to bring back wisdom. I'm going to bring back understanding. I'm going to let us reason. Sit down. Sit down at the table. I want to talk to you. Let us reason together. And though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash them as pure as snow. That is our God. That is the one we are worshipping. That is the one who makes us what he wants us to be if we allow him to do that. If we fight him, if we resist him, if we create our own knowledge and our understanding, then we will lose our way and we will not make him happy. He will not be happy. He had been calling me from when I was a small boy, but I didn't go to him, so he was not happy. But he had chosen me. For a plan and a purpose. You have a plan and a purpose. God wants to use you. And God wants to use you in righteousness. Not just any which way. You know, I come from an area in Bunbury where there's so much of sin in the church. And God sent me to the church and he said, preach righteousness and holiness. They were leaving the church. 250 people came and went from my church. Not my church, Jesus' church. Why? Because I was preaching righteousness and holiness. Walk correctly with God, I was saying to them. Why? Because God is coming back soon. And if you are not ready, you will be left behind. And we need to get to that place where we are walking righteously with God. We need to confess our sins. We need to repent. And we say, Lord, forgive me. I want to walk with you righteously. I don't care how difficult it is going to be, but I want to walk with you. 
It's not about achieving anything in life. First thing, coming to righteousness. Coming to holiness. Coming to the place where God has prepared for you and you will be blessed. Amen? Amen. Shall we pray?